Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and we have another catty, dramatic, over-the-top episode of season 25 of The Bachelor to dive into. And I'm going to be joined by season nine Bachelorette leading lady Desiree to break it all down. But first, I want to touch on some Bachelor Nation headlines. Two of Matt's ladies have been in the news recently, including Sarah, who we will definitely dive deeper into with Des. But she was spotted with g Easy, the rapper, last February, March. The dates from the photo agency who is now resurfacing these pictures is kind of sketchy, so we're not totally sure, but it was definitely pre-pandemic last year. She was labeled a mystery woman, which is kind of hilarious. Um, and this was before he was with Ashley Benson and obviously before she was on the show. And now the photos are back up. So she had at least one night partying with g They were spotted leaving in the same car together. Who knows what happened, but that's just a fun little tidbit to know about Sarah. Also, there's been a lot of talk about Victoria for a lot of reasons, um, including her makeup and her eye. Um, Some people were pointing out that she looked a little wonky, and she has now claimed that she got a sty in her eye during this capture the flag date from last week. So that's a little clarification on um, Victoria's eye. Unfortunately, I can't give you an explanation as to why she doesn't have an appropriate bra for the season, but maybe I can ask her that one day. Um, There's also a lot of speculation right now going on about Claire and Dale. Um, Of course, we know Claire and Dale from last season of The Bachelorette got engaged after a mere 12 days of knowing each other. Um, There's nothing confirmed yet, so I don't want to get too deep into this, but there's Reddit conspiracy theories. There's alleged screenshots going on saying that Claire and Dale spent the weekend at a beach house with Dale's cousin and something went down at this beach house because Dale's cousin and Claire unfollowed each other. And Dale's cousin posted this cryptic Instagram about unfollowing each other in real life. Um, They have not addressed the speculation yet, but Claire is seemingly in in, um, California and Dale has been in New York all week. Um, They allegedly deleted some lovey-dovey comments on each other's Instagrams. That has also not been confirmed because it's very hard to find if these screenshots are 100% legit, which again is why I don't want to give this too much. But it is getting a lot of attention. You know, you had Benoit commenting on Claire's Instagram, supporting her as she visits her mother with Alzheimer's. Dale did quote unquote like the photo, but he didn't comment. I mean, it's a little, it's a little silly, but they still are in different states. So just keep an eye on Claire and Dale. We might, we're still on Claire and Dale watch. Um, you know, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. It could be a long year for these two, but my gut tells me maybe there was some sort of fight and that's where this unfollowing drama came from. But I, I don't know if they're over yet. I don't know, but I'm sure we will find out 
soon enough. But enough about this speculation. We have to talk about this ridiculously dramatic episode of The Bachelor. And I have to bring out my guest, who you may remember from Sean Lowe's season 17 of The Bachelor. And then season nine of The Bachelorette. You fell in love with her and she fell in love with her husband, Chris, and they just celebrated six years of marriage. Desiree, how are you? Thank you. Yeah, six years. It goes fast. You know, we lost a lot of a lot of Bachelor couples last year, a lot of gems, but we have you, you and Chris, you're going strong. What's the secret? What, what can you tell us? Uh, honestly, I don't know. I feel like with Chris and I, we would have, you know, if we met outside of the show, we would have ended up together anyways. Um, But I think one of the key things that, especially with newer couples, because they have a different amount of social pressure, um, I think it's honestly like making the relationship a priority and not becoming famous. (laughs) Like a different show now. Like stop caring about your Instagram followers. And if you love the person, then like make that your priority and maybe move away from LA rather than moving to LA. I think that's a trend in general. The ones who flock to LA, whether it's a paradise couple, a couple from the show, we we usually have a problem. (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's just too many distractions there. And if both people are seeking like fame, then it's obviously not going to work because that's where their priority lies. We have some interesting women. I, I'll, I'll say is a nice word. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, so I'm not going to lie. I missed the first two episodes. Um, we've just been so busy uh, moving and it all happens. that. Stuff. But I love him. I think he's such a gentleman, so like thoughtful and kind, uh, which might actually end up hurting him in the end because he's uh, like... I don't know, from my own experience, you know, I put like the guy's feelings before my own. And, and honestly, when I watch back at other people and other leads, like the ones who are selfish usually like have an easier time, I guess you could say. Ooh, wait, that's interesting. I want to, I want to, yeah. I want to dive into that. Do you think it's because, cause even in this episode specifically, we saw Sarah who I'm sure we'll get into, yeah. you know, spiral a bit and fight with the other women. And now Matt James is going to have to deal with what what she said when she left about them being catty and what's going on and how as a lead do you try to balance what you're hearing about these people versus what you think you know about them like what is going through your head uh, I mean drama like I hate drama in general so I think I, I mean I run from I run personally from conflict but um I think for like Matt and I think it's just different for guys in general it's hard I think you have to really trust your intuition and have discernment for what people are saying and to know whether or not that's a lie. Or I think it's very important to um, feel out the relationships for yourself. And so that's why a lot of times the villain might stay longer because honestly, one, it's a numbers game and like maybe the lead can talk to her better and easier than someone else who's still there. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I think intuition and discernment is really important. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely head game for the contestants, for the lead, for everyone involved. Um, And this, this emotional, yeah, it's it's a lot to take in. So I think that's what's hard too is too many emotions, and it can be overwhelming. Yeah, and this season is certainly no exception. So it seems, Um, as someone who is kind of tuning in on episode three. What are your initial thoughts about this Queen Victoria and all of the hype around her? Um, I see after the, you know, many seasons of watching it and living it, um, 
I don't put too much weight on the people stirring up the drama in the beginning because there's a pattern every season. We see a villain and then it like, you know, it always explodes and then they leave. Yeah. I mean, so, I don't know. Something that was interesting that I learned, um, Google the last couple weeks has set me like the trends of what people are Googling during the show. And is Victoria an actress or is Victoria a plant by producers has been trending during every episode. So people think that she's like a, not even real because she's so over the top. Um, I think she's real. Um, yeah, I do too. I'm just interested that people are saying that. Just really interesting. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think she's planted. You'd never, because to be completely honest, producers never know how someone's personality is going to take form, especially when they're placed with certain pressures, like with Sarah, like with insecurities and with, uh, other personalities in the house, like producers don't actually know that they can maybe guess and be like, you know, based off what I've seen of her, like this might happen, but like, they don't know. Yeah. Not They're not hiring people. Actress, but I mean, no, I don't think she is. I, think I don't think they need really, to do that. I think that's just who she is. And um, yeah. Let's talk about this group date with Chris Harrison's book, The Perfect Letter, and <laughs> these writing of these sex scenes. I mean, group dates overall are designed, I think, to make people uncomfortable. But this one, yeah. it was it was a little cringy, a little, a little awkward. Yeah, I mean... I know for myself, I don't want to hear someone else's like fantasies about the same person that you're trying to date. It's almost too specific. Like we knew that they were all talking about them and Matt versus just like fake yeah. character. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But you know what? That stirs the pot. It stirs the pot of like envy, jealousy, insecurities, like all the things. Which is something that's different with the filming in one location versus when the traveling in the world was the same was having the girls in the audience who weren't on the date. Do you think that that's actually probably something maybe the bachelor should keep doing just because it's, it's added drama. It is completely added drama because think about it too. Like you're not on the date and you're listening to these and deep down you're like, well, I want to, I don't know. Like you want to be a part of it as well. So I think that's a, it's definitely an added element of um, creating more drama Maybe not even more drama, but creating a deeper, like, I don't know, just a way to get more insecurities out. Like you're even more, you are, because you hear about the dates and stuff and that's probably gets in your head enough, but seeing the other girls interact with him. And I always cringe the most on these shows when the other women, whether it's on purpose or not, see the the guy or the girl kiss, like the lead kiss one of the other contestants. I'm always like, oh, like, was that something you made a conscious effort to try not to make sure it didn't happen? Me personally, because like I mentioned, I care about other people's feelings more than my own, but um. <laughs> One thing I did appreciate, I think, for the majority when I was on John's season, um, I feel like most, not all, but I feel like most of the girls were respectful of their time, and they were also respectful of other people's time. And so they, for the most part, there were still a few, but they wouldn't come back and just brag about what they did. Let's talk about, and do any of the girls stand out to you that were either on this group date? We know Rachel got the group date, Rose. Brie, who you didn't see much in this episode, but was the girl who he was making out with. She had a, a big like moment the la- the first two weeks. So she's kind of a front runner. She was the one who got a little bit of her makeup on him, it seemed. That's another trend. Poor Matt James keeps getting makeup left on his chin and nose. That's um, pretty embarrassing, I guess. Yeah, it's, you know, it happens. Um, but does anyone stand out to you 
I mean, we'll get into Sarah after that, but does anyone watching the, the show that you think for Matt James or just overall that's, that stood out to um, you in this episode? I like, I, I like Bree a lot. I feel like they have a natural chemistry as well as Serena. Mm. Like we got to watch her with him this past episode. And I don't know. I like when it feels comfortable and easy and when um, it doesn't feel like pressured or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like just natural. Yeah. I like, I like Serena P too. I think she's beautiful, but she is only 22 and their conversation oh. felt young to me. Like I, th- I I don't like to harp on the age thing because I feel like people will be like, oh, it's just a number. But 22 is pretty young for a 29 year old guy. Right? I, mean, I am like 10 years older than most of those girls. And so even like 24, I'm just like, wow, like looking back when I was 24, are you kidding me? I would not have been ready for the show, let alone the amount of pressure and the amount of emotions. Like, I don't know. It's yeah. also funny because they make kind of, it was a big, you know, because Claire was older. So some of yeah. her contestants were older. And then Tasha was, is 30, saw, you know, a little bit, not old by any means, but kind of, you know, normal. And, she was married. Yeah, experienced. She had been married. Had relationships before. Yeah. So we went from this season of kind of more experienced men. We ended up with two engagements, whether, you know, they're going to be the real deal. We'll find out. But now we're back to like, oh, we're, you know, 21 year old, 22 year olds. We're fighting like we're in high school and we're kind of, it's not yeah. not great necessarily for relationships. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, when I was watching last night, I was like, oh, she'd be great for VIP. Oh, she would be great for Paradise. Oh, look, they all would be so good for Paradise because I mean, it does take a level of maturity and it takes a level of understanding of yourself before you can fully commit yourself in an engagement to a man you've known for 10 weeks. Like it takes maturity and it takes life lessons. Personally, that's what I feel. So when you do talk about age, I don't think it's a number, but I do think it takes experiences prior to the show to understand who you are in order to even have a relationship that lasts or even to like go through the pressure cooker of emotions or navigating like why you feel a certain way. Like, I think it's just so important to have those previous experiences before getting put into, you know, such a interesting scenario. Yeah. It's already going to be fast paced and coming at you in ways that emotions you didn't plan to have. So already think like, if this is your first whirlwind love with this guy who's dating several other women, I can't imagine it might end well for you. Yeah. But you know, Matt hasn't even been in love, he says. So I'm worried for him too, to be honest, just because like a lot happens. And if you are experiencing love with like multiple people for your first time falling in love, like imagine what he's going to have to like process and, and, and will he be able to process the difference of lust and love and be able to process like, is this a lasting relationship or is this just someone I, I like because we have great conversation, you know? Right. As a lead is the hardest thing the break breaking up with as it gets closer and closer, just having to break up with 20 something people like does it even the ones you don't really like? Is it still hard? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's why I think I go back to like, if you're a little more selfish as a lead, it's easier because maybe you don't feel or put your shoe yourself in their shoes. Um, I'm an empath. So I like naturally can't help myself putting my putting myself in other people's shoes. Um, so it, it's, it's very hard. I mean, no one wants, you don't want to, you don't want to hurt someone, let alone like get hurt yourself. And that's actually one thing I like about why they recycle contestants, because 
when you've experienced it on the other side, I think you have a little bit more grace and a little more compassion for the contestants. And you also have an understanding of what they might be feeling. Um, so I don't know. That's something that Matt actually doesn't know. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. Even, you know, as we get into Sarah now, so she last week had the one-on-one date and she, you know, super big, great connection. They, on top of the world, feeling like the only girl in the room. Problem is she's not the only girl in the room by any means. Um, And she's struggling with that. We saw her crash this group date to try to get time with him. And then we saw him, you know, go out of his way to check on her, which was very nice, but obviously kind of only made things worse for Sarah because it upset the other women. And he was trying to be like, I don't know what's going on either, you guys. Like, it's not really her. It's the thing. So, I mean, overall, just I feel bad for Sarah and we'll get into how they treated her. But do you sympathize with someone who, you know, maybe didn't realize that this show wasn't for them? Or do you have to, you know, go with the you signed up for this kind of like it's a balance of that, right? Yeah, I think people like viewers are too quick to say, well, you signed up for it. Like you don't sign up for something you are unaware of how you are going to react. Like, okay. As viewers, it's very easy to look at someone and be like, wow, I wouldn't do that. But you don't know because you've never been in their shoes. And so I think it's important as a viewer to think like that. Like they're still human beings. They're still people with emotions. And yes, they are very young. And so you have to realize like for Sarah, like I actually really admired that she could identify that it's not for her. And she took her own mental health more seriously than just getting the man. Like, I I think that was very brave. And honestly, I'm glad she did it because who knows what the next episodes would bring for her. Um, And I don't think it's fair to like the other girls to attack her in that sense. But we are also seeing the side of Sarah that they didn't see. Right. We didn't get to see her crying about other things like her father. They are only seeing the time she's taking away from them. Right. Um, so if it wasn't set up like she crashed like, their date, it would have been different, maybe. Yes. I think she kind of self-inflicted it with interrupting the group date. Um, so that's where it's hard because, you know, if you are the other girls in the house, yeah, I'd probably be pissed too, you know? Yeah. It's how you handle that, though, because we saw someone like Katie, who yeah. was the one who was interrupted, and she did a great job of, you know, expressing this is annoying, but also being like, okay, you guys, let's not be literally Regina George right now and have some sort of understanding of what's going on. Cause things got really nasty very quickly and more so than normal. I feel like. Yeah. I, it was just, I, well, obviously the, the core and the root of why it did was jealousy. Mm-hmm. That's the core, like they only got so upset because she was taking away time and they saw that Matt cared. Right. They were jealous. If he he didn't care and was like, ah, whatever, like they probably wouldn't be so mad at her. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just so many different elements that happen that you don't experience in, you know, reality. Real life. (laughs) Real life. Um, I mean, Chris and and I always would say it is like online dating, except you see the other people go out with the person you're talking to. So if you're on Tinder or if you are on Match.com, you... Yeah, the person you just started talking to, he's probably going on dates with other people. But you're not seeing it, so it's not affecting you the same way. But when you're on the show, it affects you mentally because that's exactly what it is. You know, it's a mind F because it's just like, oh my gosh, like I can't, I don't think as humans we're, we're meant to like comprehend that much uncertainty of like, oh my God, like so much envy, jealousy, and uncertainty. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so too. I also just think it was the perfect storm of interrupt the group date, which, you know, who knows if that was Sarah or the producers or a combo then to her staying upstairs, which maybe there was more to that too, but it just gave the girls this perfect free time opportunity to do nothing but talk about her and think about her and turn this into, you know, the worst thing she could have ever done was show up at that group date for the five minutes. And they had this, this, this opportunity. And then when she finally did come downstairs, it was when the group date was being announced, which again, who knows if that was her decision or not. And it was just the perfect storm. But just to look at someone in the face and be like, I don't accept your apology. I don't like you. Bye. Like, we're going to make your life a living hell. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, of course, she's going to want to leave. She doesn't want to stay there if like there's animosity towards her. And she's unsure of how Matt feels about her. And, you know, there's there was a lot of underlining issues that you could tell she was dealing with. Um, Which you mentioned, she said her past, like, whatever it was, past jealousy, past jealousy and her father, as we mentioned. Yeah. So at least she could identify that and understand. I think for the most part, when there's a villain, they, they actually can't even identify like why they are that way. Which I think might be our queen's problem here. (laughs) Oh my gosh. She's just on another show. Like she's just, honestly, it's just so funny. I don't need, I like, when she talks, I just like, meh. Which, it's so funny you even say that because this was her best episode probably. Like she had moments where she was at least a little bit entertaining. The first two, it was just like, that's why I feel like people thought she was fake. this girl off my screen. Yeah, it's got to be coming because we also have new girls coming in next week, which is a, a week three, four drop. Ooh. What do you think of that? When I saw that, I'm like, oh man. Like if that was happening when I was on the show, like, it would be very difficult because you think you have like a good connection and then all of a sudden you throw more people into it. There's already a ton of girls. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, Matt, you got like a truckload of girls. Um, honestly, I think bringing girls in now also is hard for him because it's like, oh, wow, like I had my focus on these and then now I have to redirect my focus and start to know more people. Like that's just an added distraction that will keep you from maybe finding the one. Yeah, it's almost like a trap. Like if it, it, you can look really great if you turn them all away somehow, because you'll be like, oh, I'm putting them. All the girls will think it's like a personal, you know, he did he, yeah. he, he did that for me, whether it was or not. But if he keeps any of them, he's setting himself up to, you know, have some issues probably. I know, but men can't see that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> this is why bachelorettes typically have a little bit more success than our bachelors. Yeah. I think women, we just, we can, we, we, I think we assess situations a little differently. So we take into consideration, like everything and, and also like the consequences of our actions where, um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think they're very, very compartmental. Like, yeah, well, my relationship with this person is that my relationship with this person is that, and they may not be able to see like, well, wait, when I give this girl attention that affects this other relationship. Right. Smart. Yeah. Someone, you yeah. know, someone who's been there, who's watched the show. I'm liking the way you're thinking. We need you to come on yeah. and give some advice. Stop with these newbies. <laughs> I would love to. I'll be like, Matt. <laughs> All right, here's the deal. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you know, she needs help. She, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send her home. <laughs> Avoid her. this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to play a few bachelor confessions rapid rapid fire with you. You can expand or be quick, and then I want to ask, of course, about everything you're up to because I know you're still, you know, killing the bridal business. You have yeah. podcasts. You're writing a book. Yeah. I saw like you got a lot going yeah. on. So we'll get to that. But first, yeah. I have a few rapid fire for you. That's cool. Okay. Okay, now we're not there this season, but best and worst part of living in the Bachelor Mansion. 
Uh, the best part is all the food and the drinks. Anything you want is at your disposal. Worst thing is no privacy. <laughs> Do you think like it's an advantage or disadvantage for them to be filming in these like one resort locations versus the traveling? Uh, from a producer's point of view, um, it's advantage for the person living in it. It is a disadvantage and you go stir crazy. And if we didn't travel, I would have gone nuts. <laughs> Your favorite bachelor or bachelorette limo entrance of all time. Well, mine, duh. Um, I don't know. That's a tough one because there's yeah. a lot of creative ones and there's not one that's standing out to me right now. Okay. Row ceremony dresses. How many of yours do you have None. approximately? None? Where are they? Um, I have one because I designed it and they we had it made. Um, after Emily's season, which was mine, they no longer got you never you no longer got to keep the clothes. Oh God, that sucks. I know. It was like an accounting thing that yeah. Wow, that's BS. Um, okay, favorite villain of all time, quote unquote villain, whether you love to watch them or you were just fascinated by them. There's been so many, as you said. There's been so many that I honestly don't even know who my favorite would be. Um, I might be uh, aging myself, but I think Courtney was one, was a, she was a good villain because it's like who she is. She wasn't trying hard to be a villain. And she won. <laughs> I think that's why too. Like, I don't know. It she wrote worked. a book on it. Yep. <laughs> um, most devastating or surprising bachelor breakup? Um, Ashley and JP. Yeah, sad. Yeah, they're so great. I, I mean, I love them as people. And um, I don't know, I just wish them the best. But I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, I don't think any of us did. No. Um, rose ceremonies. As bad as they look on TV or worse? <laughs> as far as your anxiety. <laughs> worse? Okay, why? Um, uh not necessarily anxiety. It's more so just you're so tired. Um, they're very, very long. By that point, most people have, are, you know, they're like 10 drinks in. Um, you are just tired. You're exhausted. So I think it's just harder because, and they like pause so long after each rose so to like pan on people's faces. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they're going to get you being like super, looking super stressed out, but really you might just be really tired. Are you told like, wait, count to 30 in your head before you read the next name how do they always make sure ensure that it will be uh, there's a director Polly. he's the best um so there's a director you just wait for him to give you the nod see it's like that shouldn't surprise me but for some reason it, it's like you forget sometimes that this yeah, is reality. I, know. I know it's so it's so interesting it's such a interesting because i think the probably the most interesting aspect of the show but also like the if you put it into perspective, these are all everyday normal people mm -hmm. and then you put them into these scenarios or like, I don't know. It's just interesting. Like yeah. I had never known what a producer was. I didn't know what any of that was until being on the show. Um, memorizing the names as the lead night one. How, how many times are you running back to a room to get like a sheet of, of names? Uh, so everyone, including cameramen have like a card with like photos of the people with their names on it. And, um, before saying the names, I, I like, I, I, it was almost like a game for myself to see how many I could remember. Um, but I think the most I remembered was like six at a time, okay. but you just, you, you grab as many names as you remember and then you go out and then once you are done, you go back. <laughs> and last one, biggest, biggest fashion regret on the show, whether it was the bachelor or the bachelorette. <laughs> 
This is 2013. So a lot of it, but I mean, so on the bachelor, I like was super broke and I only could pack like a duffel bag of stuff, which was like my whole closet. So I was like, I didn't realize how many outfits you needed. So I would have to like borrow or whatever. But um, on The Bachelorette, you have a stylist. And so I just let him dress me. And for the most part, I loved everything. And of course, I tried on beforehand. But there was a date where they encouraged me. But I also kept asking, like, are you sure? Because you don't know what the dates are. So they're mm-hmm. trying to dress you for like appropriately for what the dress, for what the date could be. And so I needed like more... Um, stretchy pants and they were peach colored. And so it looked like nude leggings and it was just really embarrassing. It's just so funny that you know how many clothes you probably and how many episodes you filmed of this after being late and you immediately were like those peach pants. You're still remembering. I got people just like ripping me a new one. I'm like, I didn't do it. I just said, okay. (laughs) So funny. Um, Let's talk about what you're up to. Like we said, six years of marriage, two children, a business, a podcast, a book. What What's going on? How is, you know, clearly you were productive in 2020, even though some of us weren't. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't see 2020 as so bad. You know, I think if anything we can take away from it is like, did you, if you look back and you can see growth, like that's important. Um, I mean, it caused a lot of people to slow down. It caused a lot of people to rethink their futures and their purpose. So um, yeah, I just, um, I love staying busy and I love working. So it's just what I do. And I just try to juggle it all with the two little ones. But, but yeah, I have my design business that's kind of evolving into something really cool coming up this year. And I started a podcast because there needs to be more encouragement out there in the world. Yeah. And I'm feeling led to start that. Um, so I've really enjoyed it being able to talk to women to inspire a heart of purpose every day. But um, 2020 with the bridal industry. How has your has your business been affected or just like the way do you have to change? Did you have to change a lot of things with if I imagine if I, you know, was had a wedding dress, the quarantine 15 was pretty real, plus the wedding date was probably changing a lot of times. Were you seeing like a lot of just yeah. going on? It's just it is really sad what it's done to the wedding industry. And I feel for all of the brides who had weddings planned and had to postpone because a lot of them even postponed to where they had to postpone again. Um, because no one could foresee what was happening or how long this would prolong everything. Um, so I really feel for brides and also I feel for vendors. So I have a ton of vendor friends, like photographers, florists, caterers, and it's a very difficult year because, um, if you think about it as well, like, so if brides are postponing, they actually can't get new brides in those spots. Right. They're losing money, not just in 2020, they're losing money in 2021. Um, So it's just a very fascinating industry. It's really been hard for people. But I think the silver lining is if you're going to get married, like focus on why you're getting married and not necessarily on how you're getting married or what it's going to look like, because those things will come together and they may not, but at least, you know, you found the love of your life. Yeah. You have to think the people who just eloped and went for it are really feeling good right now as things aren't necessarily much better in 2021 yet. No. Um, yeah, for me personally, ironically, I launched an online store in April. Um, it was just good timing. Of course, shopping online for a wedding dress is a little different and, but, but it's still doable. We're doing everything we can to offer at home appointments, um, in studio Portland appointments and just kind of trying to like 
I think the key for small businesses, no matter what industry you're in, you need to evolve. So like you need to think outside the box, like what worked for you for years and years and years may not work anymore. So you've got to really rethink what your business strategy is and how you can accommodate the way it's going. Um, I, I say that too, just thinking of like bridal, you know, the bridal industry, like people who have been in business for years and years and years, and like, they're not used to digital, but yeah. getting videos out, getting content is so important these days. So it's just, I think thinking outside the box and being, being willing to evolve. Yeah, that's very interesting. Probably very good advice. Overall, when you are working with clients, how often do they bring up The Bachelor to you or try to ask you questions about it? Does it happen a lot still or not as much? I mean, I'm pretty old. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you're I, an icon. You're a lead. Uh, um, it still happens quite a bit. Yeah. I, I think most people, it depends. So right now I don't, um, we work directly with stores mostly. So I'm not constantly with brides and their family, but mm-hmm. when, when I do, it's usually like the family that wants to talk about it or, or the mom wants to bring it up. And I totally, it's totally fine. I think it's fun and they enjoy it. And you know, it is, it is a very rare experience. There's only been, I don't even know anymore, 12 <laughs> bachelorettes. And yeah. so probably like 14, I don't even know. I think, well, season 16 of The Bachelorette just aired, but there was two. So I don't, yeah, that was 16. Claire slash Tasha was 16. Wow. Yeah. Mine was nine. So that's a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people ago. uh, That have gone ahead after me, but yeah, but it's still fun. It's fun. My last question for you, we ask all bachelor parents now, you know, (laughs) I know your kids are young, but when the day comes and they say, can I see the show that you and daddy met Mm -hmm. on? What's the plan? Um, I think more so it's like, I want my kids um, to have the narrative of what mom and dad share. And not mm-hmm. what a show cares. So yeah. And what if they say, what if the show is still on when it's time for them to be dating? <laughs> for everyone listening, Des's face just just yeah. she's she's shook by that idea. I mean, to be honest, it's been going for so long that it's a possibility. Like my kids could be. I mean, that would be like 14 years from now when they're like 16 and watching the show. Yeah. Um, I bet you it'll it'll happen. I bet it'll I, be on. Yeah. And hopefully they won't ask to sign up. <laughs> yeah. My, my little one would not, not the older. Mm. My little one's a little ham and he, he'd he be like so into it. <laughs> well, I know that um, Catherine Lowe had the season edited to be just scenes of them. So that's always, okay. you can call her, her editor and he can cut it up I for you. That. So she's already showed them. Oh, that's good. I don't know. I mean, her kids are also pretty young, but I know she has it ready. If I don't know if they've, I'm sure they've watched it to the point that they can watch it at their young age, but she has yeah. it ready, which is hilarious. I love that. I would probably do that for sure. Like just make it, make it a love story and not like all the drama and everything else. Well, but, thank you. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and I'm writing a book. Um, it's not like a tell all about the show, but it is obviously a part of my journey. So I do share a lot of the ins and outs of what I experienced personally um, and also experienced outside the show. So it's, it's definitely um, a good read. <laughs> How has it been looking back and stuff? Did you have to go revisit anything from the show or is it all still up here? <laughs> I, I mean, so luckily I have a friend who's an author and so she helped kind of bring about more of the detail Mm-hmm. Um, because it's always different when, from someone else's perspective to just get more of the details of it and not the emotions. Um, I bring in the, the emotions of it all. 
But no, it was really great. I mean, I revisit childhood. I revisit like high school years and just all of the lessons I learned along the way to like really live with hope and uh, to know that the best is yet to come. And, you know, you really, life doesn't always go as planned, but you know, it always works out in the end. (laughs) I love that. I only really read books partly for work and partly because it's all I really, it's where I can't focus on anything too complicated. I feel like I watch so much TV that I I love reading books written by reality stars or celebrities, memoir. Like it's just, I love real stories and you, I love learning things that you didn't know about the person and looking back. I think that's like the, it's just so fun and I'm sure people are going to love it. Oh, well, I'll send you a copy. Yes, please do. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Tell everyone where they can listen to your podcast, say the name again, and that all of that fun stuff. Yeah, uh, the podcast is Heart of Purpose, and you can listen on all platforms. Um, And then you can just follow me on Instagram at Desiree Siegfried or the podcast, um, Heart of Purpose podcast on Instagram, or check out the dresses at shop.desireheartsock.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you again to Desiree for joining me on this week's episode of Here for the Right Reasons. And thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, and come back every week as we recap Matt James' season of The Bachelor. 